Welcome to Sportsify for September 21st, 2023, with your host, Matt Novak. Welcome in, everybody. Week two of the NFL season has taken place. I am your host, Matt Novak. Uh, alongside me tonight, as we're kicking off, is Jameson DeFore. What's going normally on, our, Normally the third mic, uh, but one of us uh, is at home feeling yucky. Uh, so I know he'll be listening later. Uh, we don't miss him, like always. Uh, Grant's <laughs> not here to say stupid stuff that we both disagree with. And uh, so we hope your little cute headache and, you know, tummy feel better and all that garbage. Uh, but we'll have him back here to argue with us next week. And in a little bit, we're going to welcome in our buddy, uh, Mike Connor, uh, for his pros and cons segment. Be talking about a few different weird things that took place this weekend. Uh, there was some crazy stuff that happened in a couple of these games, like genuinely RIP to another awesome football player's career. Uh, Nick Chubb mm-hmm. on Monday Night Football, bro. That was that was rough. Are the Monday night games I mean, cursed right now? Seriously, two, that's two, two Mondays in a row where a dude gets like potential career ender. Um, if you somehow missed it, I don't know how you would if you're any football fan, but like if you somehow miss it on Monday night, Nick Chubb's knee uh, looked disgusting. I mean, there was a shot that happened, and dude, the poor guy. Because uh, I think a lot of people ninety degrees sideways. For those of you who oh, don't want to look at that, that's yeah, essentially you, you what it was. I I heard that twice it's been taken off YouTube. Like the algorithm pushed it out, but it's all over TikTok because you know China owns TikTok. So um, it's all I, over I found TikTok. It pretty quickly when I was like, I missed I missed the actual injury live, uh, yeah. and then I was able to find it pretty quick. I was like, I almost wish I didn't see that, but you know, yeah. gotta do research. It was okay. Is it? Like, is this for you? Is this like Joe Theismann bad? No. Like, I... Okay. It's it's bad, but for whatever reason, it doesn't, like, make my stomach churn as much when it's, like, on the joint, you know? Oh, okay. But, like, when uh, it's a bone break, very like specific, a nasty but okay. bone break, or, like, <laughs> it's a compound fracture or something like that, yeah. Um, yeah. then it's really bad. But the knee stuff always just, like, makes you, like, cringe. In a yeah. certain way, um, because like our, our nightmare is always like, what if my somebody like walked up and kicked my kneecap backwards? Like for whatever reason, it's like that morbid thought. And it's like that's essentially what happened, but sideways. Um, and you know, to lose a guy who is one of the few guys who's kind of like single handedly carrying the uh, like running back value in the league. Um, yep. Obviously, not not a great look. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah. especially all things aside, we don't get to watch one of the best running backs in football for for sure the rest of the season, obviously. And who knows if we'll get to see him again. That's uh, tough. I, second, I watched, second injury like this for him. So, yeah, this is his second big one to that same knee. And when I say potential career ender, people are like, well, that's a little dramatic. It's an ACL, MCL. But it's the second time to the same knee. Mm-hmm. Um, and last time was really bad as well. Obviously, we don't know the depth of that injury, and and yeah, we'll find out. College, so it's, or, it's been right. a, it's been a while, which I guess can be kind of a promising thing that it's not just a you know Derek yeah. Rose scenario where it's like once you do it, you just never came back. But you know when you're a little bit older like this, um, it 
you know, it could obviously be. he's going to have the best of the best um, now, even compared to when he was in college. Um, sure. Some of those extra years, some of the extra miles, it all adds up, man. Uh, same thing with Aaron Rodgers. You know, he wants to prove us all wrong. I, I'd love to see it. But when you're pushing 40, um, you know, it's not great. It's not great. Yeah, no. And I mean, this this guy and when we when we talk about Nick Chubb, it's kind of lost that he is literally like a top tier running back because he's not in a big market. His team has genuinely sucked most of the time he's been there, um, you know, and uh, and he was in a share as well with Kareem Hunt, who, by the way, got signed by the, the Browns this week. Sorry, and we'll, a mile away. Oh, yeah. Uh, and good for him. He got literally the same contract, didn't have to go to training <laughs> camp or play in two games. Uh, yeah, and he got exactly. the same contract he was offered originally. So good for him. But um, we'll see him this week. It uh, looks like, but genuinely, like you just haven't seen Nick Chubb uh, or maybe not. Yeah, you probably haven't seen him a whole lot, but also like you just don't hear his name as much because he's not in the big market. But this is a guy that's running for 1300 plus basically guaranteed. He has some of the best hands in the league as well. Mm-hmm. And the dude is a genuine three down back that can block. And, uh, you know, like I was listening to AQ Shipley talk about him today and he goes, for my money. Uh, and Jason Kelsey said the same thing in a in another interview. Uh, he's the best overall running back, uh, and they're putting mm-hmm. him up against King Henry when they say that. They're putting him up against Saquon Barkley, um, and they're like, he's he's the best running back. And the dude has just been a constant. So uh, all the best wishes to him. All the thoughts, the prayers, absolutely. Uh, you know, but I think it sucks, man. The two weeks in a row we're talking about Monday Night Football injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we get started, I want it noted, by the way, uh, speaking of that game, um, I was told that that game was going to be garbage uh, by two hosts of this show. I uh, one of them is not garbage. here to a, It was not a garbage game. The defenses were very good. Um, the Pittsburgh and it was Steelers very are once again game. the most unwatchable team in football for the back, oh, dear you know, second straight yeah. year. So. Hey, TJ Watt is watchable every time he's on the field. Scored its first touchdown, by the way. Just throwing that out there. Which surprised um, me to hear, actually. Uh, yeah, I, like, I know, really? right? Like, well, first of all, I was surprised when we said in his seven-year career, I was like, oh, time out. Seven years he's seven? already been here? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I was like, oh, I thought the same goodness. thing. But so, he scored his first touchdown and ended up being the game winner. Uh, just throwing that out there. Deshaun Watson, I'm uh, just going to throw this out there. That's bad pedestrian-level <laughs> play. That's bad. Uh, what, the, what the crap is he doing with his hands in a football he had two 15-yard face mask penalties as a quarterback. Does he not know the rules? The second one, like, actually, that was, I can't remember if it was first or second, but I think maybe it was the second one where he like was rolling out to the left and like really dug in and threw it down. Yeah. I was like, that's one of the most egregious face masks I've seen, just period. Like, I, let alone from a quarterback and, and it, have it be your it second was from an, Yeah, it was from an offensive player. Like, that was what got me. I'm like, man, I've seen this happen on defense a hundred times. You know, it's usually a swipe at a quarterback's helmet or another player while they're coming across the face. Mm-hmm. But, like, to see him, like, literally reach out, grab the face mask, and then throw the guy on the ground, it's like, bro, you can do whatever you want for the rest of this play, but you know you're going back 15 yards. <laughs> like, 100%, you yeah, know. I mean, if you get if you needed a confidence boost, bad. sure, but... uh Wow, yeah. yeah, that was it. Was a rough night. It was. I mean, both of it those was. games were not very enjoyable. Um, uh, seventeen fourteen, right on the on New Orleans and uh, Carolina, I believe. I, I uh, think so. Honestly, I yeah. kind of tuned out of that one as I was trying to like hopefully recover 
um, you know, some enjoyment in that Browns Pittsburgh game, which unfortunately for me did not hey, arrive. If but you're, but they were but close. Let's be games, honest. So that's always better. Let's not forty to zero. Yes. You know. Uh, yeah. Well, that's that's true. Or or at least thirty to seven. Yeah. Um, you know, but no, I I was gonna say like the defense in on both sides though did that was watchable. Uh, the Browns defense yeah. in their defensive line is genuinely good. And uh, I mean, not, not a big surprise because uh, you've got Miles Garrett there. You've got, um, and forgive me for those of you, uh, as you're listening to this, I'm driving tonight. So all of my notes are not in front of me <laughs> as they usually would be. Um, but you've got a built defensive line that can genuinely handle what's ever in front of them. And uh, that was pretty impressive uh, to watch both of them come at it. But those teams could not hold on to the ball. That was a lot of fumbling. And and uh, just genuinely though, uh, hard fought defense. That Highsmith fumble uh, that he punched out uh, of Watson from mm-hmm. behind. That and that's the one that TJ scored on. Uh, brilliantly executed. Uh, you know, just awesome uh, effort. Yeah, and Highsmith, by the way, played incredible. They have found a dude on the opposite end of uh, of Watt there. Like that was pretty incredible. Uh, he he has kind of, and I'm just going to say it, but I understand him overstating and overreacting. There's some like Michael Parsons vibes, the way he plays. That's Because he's online, he pulls back, he does a little bit of everything. Dude's aggressive, and it's awesome that they finally found somebody that will just run on the other side of that defense. Um, and for a team that's been through as many linebackers as they have uh, in the last few years, uh, that was kind of cool to see uh, him figuring that out right there on Monday Night Football. So, that was pretty dope, but uh, got a lot of games to get to. Like a whole bunch of stuff happened this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, uh, just gonna get to you mentioned the forty to nothing game. That's the only loss in the NFC East, bro. It that's crazy. <laughs> They're seven and one. The NFC East is seven and one. Washington is two and zero. Oh. Cowboys I mean, kinda, are two and zero. Oh. Uh, am on. I misremembering? Didn't we have basically the same thing last season as well? At least hot early start. on, hot start yeah. for the uh, NFC East because the Giants were kind of coming on early. Obviously, the Eagles had a fantastic regular well, season, and then you know the Cowboys and so on. Right, that's a division though that suffers in the middle because they beat the living crap out of themselves, mm-hmm. and then they came together at the end. This is this is a division that had three playoff teams last year and shocked us. Um, so the seven and one starts not super surprising, but Saquon's already dealing with an injury. Got a short week uh, playing the 49ers mm-hmm. uh, this week on Thursday night football. Not, um, <laughs> you, not, not a, not a good matchup uh, for the giants traveling to San Francisco dealing with a, looks like uh, Brandon. Ayuk's going to be a game time, but uh, watching reports this week, he's trending towards playing. So 49ers should be fully, fully locked in uh, for that one. Everybody's suiting up. Uh, though they do, they did lose um, one cornerback this last week uh, to the IR, and uh, so they're a little bit shy on cornerback depth. That might be something to watch with them. But like, uh, you know, last year uh, Daniel Jones got hurt. Saquon uh, had some naggers in the middle of the season. You had the Eagles. Uh, I'm Jalen Hurts missed, I believe, two games last year, two and a half if you count the one he went out of. So uh, at the end of the season, their record kind of came down uh, a little bit, but. This is a division that, like, once it starts playing itself, is going to beat up on itself. I wouldn't be surprised if everyone in this division is uh, is one and one, you know, against each other. That wouldn't shock me at all. 
Um, my, Except maybe the Giants. Shock me if the Eagles lose the. Uh, if they're, if they're all one and ones, well, yeah, that's fair. Because I I think the Cowboys. I mean, forty to nothing, dude. If the Giants won that one, we'll just hand yeah, Dable coach yeah. of the year. Well, like, and that just seems to be like their circle of life. It, you know, kind of similar to the yeah. NFC West for us is like some teams are just going to beat some teams. Um, and then there are, you know, I think two of the let's call it like four NFC teams that are kind of the class of the conference are in that division. Um, yeah. So, yep. you know, they'll obviously beat up on each other. Those games will be a little bit closer than some of the other typical blowouts that you might have yep. uh, in that division. Right. But um, I, I would have sure been uh, more excited to watch that if Saquon could have stayed healthy because now it feels like, well, they're not quite a next man up organization over there. Uh, certainly not in yeah. the skill positions. So, uh, for sure, uh, for sure. For I, right now, seven to one, uh, and the commander is probably the biggest surprise I think for most of us. Uh, in that man, but that that Eric Bieniemy offense, bro, he's got it rolling. Sam, Sam Howell, Mister Howell, Sam Howell looks great. Brian Robinson looks phenomenal. Like that we love dude him around is here. It's documented. Love him. I got him on two fantasy teams. Wish I had him on all of them. Uh, and genuinely, like that that comeback was awesome. Uh, we we all say this around here. Screw the Broncos. Um, and, I knew they were uh, going to be bad. I'm just, I love it. It's great. Yep. Yep. Forget those guys. Uh, don't care at all. Hope they're terrible forever. I don't know why, but they're like becoming this like, uh, just, they're going to become a meme fest. I think they really are. Uh, everybody's going to start hating on these guys. Uh, they look like crybabies when they lost that game, by the way, this week. Um, but it and was the, cool. The, I will say. Because the Hail Mary, Russ, yeah, Russ threw a heck of a ball. It was a little Good short. Good job on the tip drill about five from yards, his guys. We'll say. We'll say. About yeah, five they yards tipped short. it forward, though. They tipped it forward. It worked. And then, I, I, was, yeah. I randomly happened to pull that. Actually, it may have just aired after one of the games earlier, and that time slot had finished. Maybe that's how I saw it, because I was like, I wasn't watching this game, and then I ended up watching it. Um, but it, they got kind of down to that last drive, and I was like, oh, you know, the Hail Mary classic. And then... Yep. The kind of a one in one hundred chance where it actually happens, and you're like, I, it's been, it may have been like the uh, the Arizona, or was it Arizona versus Buffalo? Hail Mary to DeAndre yes. was maybe the last one that I remember seeing uh, in the regular yeah, season. Yeah, the D Hop. Yeah, yeah, when D Hop took on all the Bills defense. Exactly. Uh, oh, our bad before one. we we. Yeah, our bad for not saying it. That was a thirty eight thirty six win by the Commanders. Uh, the there was a, I, I was saying Russell threw that Hail Mary that we were just describing. It gets caught in the end zone. Then they try the two-point conversion to tie. That fails. Should have um, been a PI and, for my money. Yeah, should have been a PI. Also, uh, open receiver on the left, uh, Russell Wilson just missed. Uh, just throwing that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, that, was, that was a boo-boo on his part, too. But uh, So anyway, Broncos lose that one, 38-36. Um, they're, I, I, I got to say, it was pretty good grand start here, so I'll just mention it briefly, but uh, maybe Seahawks don't need to freak out because uh, they're, they're not bad. They, they no, rebounded yeah. this week and played well against the Lions, down several guys on both of the sides of the ball, and uh, that was a heck of a coaching job, too. That game went into overtime. We called that game as one of the games of the week to watch, and uh, it certainly was. I mean, we're going to talk about game of the weeks uh, here in a little bit, but uh, that that one 
right at the top tier uh, into overtime. They end up beating the Lions in Detroit um, after the blue masks showed up. Um, <laughs> and uh, the Seahawks showed themselves, man. They We thought they were going to lose that game. Lions looked like they were in control for a minute. And then the Seahawks just chipped away, came back, made it happen. And we know that Grant's happy, which means we're not. But I got to give all the credit yeah. in the world to them uh, for pulling that one off. Their I mean, offense, by the way, was their offensive line. Uh, I don't know if you saw the stats. Solid. Uh, uh, they they had 37 dropbacks, Gino did, in that game. They did not have one, not one uh, <clears throat> quarterback pressure, quarterback hit. Yeah, they looked great. And to me... Uh, Other than... Sorry, you know, took off on that 17 yard loss. That was his bad. I don't know what the crud he was doing back there. It was one of the stupidest plays I've ever seen. I watched it with Grant. Um, but uh, other than him just running around like a moron for that loss, that's not on the offensive line. Um, but there was zero other quarterback pressures or hits. Yeah. But, and then, sorry. And, now, oh, I got you. Oh, there we go. Lost you a little bit on the, on the zoom, but we're back. Um, okay. The, the thing with that game is to be honest, like even though, um, you know, the Lions really had a chance to win there, obviously. Um, even if they would have won that game and the Seahawks would be 0-2, I, as much as I dislike that franchise, would still, like, as long as it would have still been a close game for them this week, like, if they would have played the Lions this way, it goes into overtime, but then the Lions win, I would have still not been super down on Seattle. I probably would have been more in on Seattle than Grant would have been, honestly, because at that point when you're own two, your playoff chances kind of dip significantly. Um, but I still think they're a, a really yeah. solid team. Um, not surprised there in the slightest. So um yeah. but a big a big win. Obviously I was rooting for the Lions, but yeah. And had to score a lot of points though. That defense was clearly missing a lot of a lot of help all the way around. Um and uh, did have to put up what was it 37? I believe that final was 37 31 if I remember. Uh, correctly right in there and had to put up a lot of points yeah so other ones you know i i gotta say jameson in our matchup uh the 49ers looked human in that first half matthew stafford's short passing game yes matthew stafford looked like old matthew stafford he picked apart the 49ers zone defense all first half uh steve wilkes comes in makes some adjustments 49ers end up winning by a final of 30 to 23 uh, after the most unnecessary field goal kick of all time. Uh, way to cover the spread, bro. Hey, uh, that points. was pretty silly, right? Get your, get your points. I think the, uh, this is definitely not what it was, but somebody was trying to justify it by saying, well, in a certain tiebreaker scenario, it might look at the points scored in those like matchups in the division. Um, but I was like, that's not really why they were doing it. You know, that's not really why we were doing it. Yeah. But, but you know, like it, it, it was close. It was close. It not quite as close as the score showed at the very end because yeah. we had a pretty rough second half. Um, got that, you know, chip shot towards the end of the game. But I was it, it's one of those losses where as a fan, I can't even be mad because we always lose. To the Niners, just regardless, that's again the circle of life here in the in the regular season. In the the regular regular season, season. yeah, it's what like nine or ten or something like that in a row now after this last week. Yeah, I think it's Uh, nine. Yeah, that that sounds right. But to to have that and have it still be close, it's probably the first time we've lost to the Niners, and I've been like, okay, I I actually feel pretty good about this one because 
you know, going into that week, I would have not told you it was going to be a ball game at all. Um, and I think it was, you know, for the Rams, pretty winnable up until we had that tipped interception off of Williams' hands there. Um, right. Definitely not a Matt Stafford pick on that one. He, you know, ended no. up throwing another one later, but um, that's yeah. where, um, you know, we had just gotten the ball back again in that second half. Uh, we were now, you know, having the opportunity to go in and take the lead. Uh, and we were driving, and then you have something like that happens, kind of deflates it. And I think that's where you see some of the chemistry and then also just some of the, you know, the difference in skill and talent on a roster. Um, you know, it's not, you know, an argument at this point that the Niners have the better roster right now. And maybe the Rams are right. playing a little bit above their actual talent. Uh, and some hey, of that's obviously but, coaching. But, but, um, but, but the guys are, producing, though, are doing really well, and I'm really, really stoked. Genuinely, your offensive line. Holy cow. Yeah, that was maybe one of the biggest shockers to me, Um, especially after last season. Now, last season, we had the first, um, you know, 13 weeks. There were 12 different offensive line units. So that obviously, you know, puts a a certain picture where I'm like, uh, is that the offensive line we're going to get where every week is just a smorgasbord of guys? But it seems like they've really locked in. Hardly like any pressures. I don't think Stafford has been sacked yet um, this season, which is not a thing <laughs> for Matt Stafford generally. We, so feels good. We got him once. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. No, Fred, Fred did get uh, Matthew Stafford the one time, basically coming through a double team there. Uh, like that they forgot that he was playing football um, just for a half beat. I believe it was your center. Uh, moved over to his right, and he just shot the gap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was that was really the. I mean, Bosa definitely was uh, was getting there. I mean, Stafford did get hit multiple times on his end, uh, but credit did keep Bosa out of getting the sack. So that's a that's an absolute win for that offensive line. But they they did handle in the passing game really well. Um, you know, the, the throwaways that uh, Stafford had to do in the second half and all that, that a lot of that was coverage oriented, um, you know, but they were giving a full five seconds often uh, to Matthew Stafford to throw the ball. So credit to the offensive line. They did a heck of a job Sunday. I uh, was going to touch on a couple other games. We talked about the 49ers. We talked about the Cowboys and the Eagles, which I believe are the three best teams. I think I'll think there's a big disagreement there. Uh, anywhere in the NFC right now. Uh, but on the AFC side, one team is shining, I believe, maybe just a little bit more than everybody else. That's the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Dolphins-New England game was a 24-17 battle. Dolphins went up early. New England came back. It was a little bit of a thing. But, like, dude, uh, that block field goal is awesome by Perfect. New England. Perfect so cool. Belichick, special teams, plays, just... Again, textbook you, stuff. But yeah, if you haven't seen the Brendan Schooler uh, block field goal, go hit YouTube and watch that. He literally timed it. There's something that the Dolphins gave away uh, when they make their communication to uh, the kicker and the holder. Like the holder looks up at the kicker, says something, and as soon as that happens, Schooler knows I've got X amount of time to hit it, and he, he timed it perfectly. That was an awesome block. But, uh, yeah, again, Miami ends up winning that game 24-17. Their offense did a great job. Tua's getting the ball out quick. Um, you know, like, genuinely, they had a lot of pressure coming at him, all that stuff. But he, he looks 
like a changed man, in my opinion. Uh, he is prioritizing getting the ball out quick. He's hitting uh, a lot of, they got, they're incorporating a ton of slants into this offense. If you haven't watched the routes this team is running, mm-hmm. it's slant heavy. Um, and, uh, but it's, it's so that he's always got a ditch spot with the ball, like continuously has somewhere to ditch it. And last year, it seemed like a lot of the plays to was holding onto that ball. Didn't have as many short range options. And Mike McDaniel has uh, definitely changed a little bit of the philosophy and it's working out to, to his favor and the dolphins favor. Uh, they look great, man. I, you know, the defense is, is still a little bit suspect in spots. Um, you know, they're still dealing it with the, with an injury, a couple injuries in the secondary, but like, it's not bad. They just need to get a little stronger pass rush, get healthy. And this team could very well compete to be a class of the AFC. Like I'm not overreacting when I say that they have all the weapons. I would agree. So, yeah, yeah I, I super loved watching a good chunk of that game. I've been watching those 30 minute recaps that, uh, that the NFL app does. And that's, that one was one of my favorites to watch. Just Mike McDaniel, freaking boss. And also the, yes, him running from the cameraman going into halftime. Pretty <laughs> that dope. was great. That was great. I, that's the I epitome of who he is. I love, I, I know yeah. he came from the Niners, but I love him. He's great. Oh, dude. He, he's just a stud of a human being. Like you can just tell, but uh, no, that was a good, that was a good win. Uh, a couple other things we were going to hit uh, before we welcome Mike in in just a little bit. Um, I also that Titans Chargers game was really good. I uh, like that was pretty interesting. That Titans end up winning a really close one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I definitely picked the Chargers and pick them. Uh, we didn't even bring it up last week as a potential game of the week. You know, pick them type for us, uh, just because we were like, oh, Chargers will roll them. Um, but you know, genuinely, I guess I'll ask this question now since we're talking about it. Who who's the better zero and two team? The Bengals or the Chargers? Because the Bengals also lost this week again, but like their roster is dope. They just seem to be underperforming right now, right? Yeah, I mean, to me, it, it it there's also an element of I've seen it from one team, I've not quite seen it from another, um, and so uh, a team zero and two like the Bengals, where. Um, a lot of that is very clearly tied, I think, to Joe Burrow's play right now. Um, yeah. And, and less like the coaching element of Cincinnati is fine. Like, I'm not a huge Zach Taylor guy by any means. Um, but obviously, that team has been very relevant over the past few years. And I think him just kind of existing and not necessarily being a plus or a minus coach is okay uh, when you have a roster that talented. Um, and, and obviously, this is a year where they have to do it. Um, that this isn't going to be a core, especially after you pay Joe Burrow the money that you pay him. You can't stick around with this receiving core, all these weapons um, for years to come after this. This is kind of kind of do or die. So for that reason, I still think the Bengals um, are the better 0-2 team. I also just think that the Chargers defense is absolutely shot right now. They might have the names. They might have the talent on the roster on paper, but there's been nothing that this Chargers defense has really done that I'm like, mm, that, that feels good. Other than knowing that at one point Brandon Staley coached a Rams defense that went to a Super Bowl, so like you know, I, I I don't really have anything good to say. And at this point, the Staley coaching has also been a negative. Uh, obviously, the Chargers don't really have a history of doing anything in the playoffs, so it, it's just not great right now. It's not, and Eckler's you know still a question mark. Um, and yeah. if, 
you know, they go as Eckler goes. It's like the first time since the Chargers have had a running back um, that wasn't Ladanian Tomlinson that they could actually run the ball successfully. Uh, and I think that's very beneficial for a guy like Herbert, yeah. who seems like he has to overcome a little too much right now to win football games, but they're still not winning football games because their defense is so tragic. So um, it's very tough, yeah. <laughs> but I might lean on Bengals just because of the small window of time where they actually have some pedigree. Um, but it, it's all just depends is like, is the Joe Burrow that we know going to show up? And he just hasn't been. Right. You know, I, I'm going to hit my stat of the week early this week. Um, speaking of the Chargers, you, and, you, and you touched on it, it's the defense. Like, it's not the offense. It's a little bit situational play calling, which we've touched on with Staley many times, and he sucks at. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's the defense. The Chargers have scored 58 points, have zero turnovers, and are 0-2. That's part of the stat, okay? In the Super Bowl era, 32 other teams have re- uh, have scored 50-plus points and committed no turnovers in their uh, first two games, and the Chargers are the only team to lose both games. The only team ever in the history of the NFL. Wow. That, that is insane. <laughs> that's not great. Like, that's how bad your defense is. That's bad. You know? That's bad. I will say this this is just a not even a stat of the week necessarily, but um since I knew we were going to have some conversations about some football teams who are 0 and 2, um 31 of the 270 teams that have started 0 and 2 have made the playoffs just in the history of whenever they started tallying this stat. So to, to look I, at this But it wouldn't now, shock us. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't shock us that either of those teams made the playoffs though. It it would the rosters they have. It wouldn't, but at the same time, when you have now multiple of those teams, like the Vikings are another team where it's like, what's going on with the Vikings? Yeah. Uh, you know, we I didn't have bring these, that one up yet. We we have these teams that we had, you know, fairly high hopes, or at least like they're going to be fine going into it. And uh, you know, when you go in and you just start zero and two immediately, um, only so many of those zero and two teams can actually pull it back out, turn it around, and make a playoff push. I don't know if we're going to necessarily have the opportunity to see the Chargers and the Bengals both do that in the same season, being in the AFC together. It, yeah. it just seems like a bit much. Obviously, I don't want to write either one of those two teams off. It's still way too early for that. Um, I think they're talented enough um, and and led well enough by their quarterbacks and their skill guys to to both be able to make that turnaround. So I'm not saying that they wouldn't, but and it's not a good start for who we thought was going to be the class of that division. No, and I mean, touching on the Vikings too, I mean, that that also wouldn't surprise us just based on their offense and I think probably more so the um, where the NFC's at, at least what we're predicting in terms of win-loss. Um, I don't think it was a shock us if, if they were able to do that. But like looking through the AFC, by the way, there's only two teams that are 2-0. and um, You know, that's and that's the Ravens and the Dolphins. And I think we would obviously clearly agree that the Dolphins are the better of those two, as we've already stated. But um, there's just a lot of opportunity for a lot of wins. These AFC-NFC matchups have produced a lot of losses on the AFC side that we've seen early. So it, it would not be uh, really shocking to see these teams make it just based on the fact that a lot of these teams have lost games early on, and so they're only half a game out or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, it was... 
it was just interesting looking at how that happened. By the way, uh, Cam Akers now plays for the Vikings. Uh, just throwing that out there as we just mentioned goes. them. See how that goes. Yeah, because, dude, genuinely, the uh, the Vikings had run the ball 69 yards in two games. Like, I, Cam Akers, anybody should be able to average more than 34 and a half yards on the ground. So, um, and a uh, good move for them though. You see, it was only like a 26th round or 22, 20, 2026, uh, 7th rounder, sixth rounder swap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was basically nothing for the Vikings to do that. And obviously with Kyron Williams, the Rams had just figured something out. So good for them. Uh, and, uh, hopefully a change of venue, uh, suits Cam Akers and Vikings can like win a football game or something. Well, we'll see. I mean, obviously, you know, part of this comes from whatever situation was going on last season uh, between Cam Akers and the team and Sean McVay, uh, a little bit of a disconnect there uh, and how he wanted to be used and what we had plans for. Um, some of that is his fault. Some of it is not his fault, you know, coming off of his injury history, some ankle stuff, obviously the Achilles, um, and then just kind of not really producing. I know we had a terrible line last year. We talked about that a little bit. The Rams just were putting whoever they could uh, to to have a line to begin with. Uh, and so you can't really expect much out of him. But, um, I, you know, I hope he does well. I loved watching him when he kind of came back from that Achilles. Uh, he was running with right. some, some anger, but um, just hasn't been the guy. And then, yeah, Ky- Kyron Williams has just emerged, uh, you know, two touchdowns in back-to-back weeks. Um, Pretty good stuff for us, but also for fantasy. I'm sure we'll talk about some fantasy stuff here in a little bit, but um, yeah, it, hopefully that can turn around that Vikings running game because that that alone could have been a stat of the week. 69 rush yards in those first two weeks. It's just beyond bad. Yeah. Well, let's get into some other big stuff from the week. And as we do, we're going to welcome in our, our buddy Mike for the pros and cons segment. Welcome, buddy. Good to have you. Yeah. How's it going? How's it going? Happy uh, almost autumn. Well, we got like three days until fall. Officially starts. It's 57 yes. degrees well, outside right now. feels great. Yeah. It's beautiful outside. Fantastic. Football's going. This is Fantastic. officially fall, right? It's fall. Oh, dude. I, for me, I like uh, fall starts as soon as kickoff happens. Like that's right. very real. I don't even look at a calendar anymore. It's just it's not. It was in a meeting this last week and they were talking about like the different seasons and which one we enjoy the most, some stupid icebreaker thing that we were doing. And, uh, and everybody's like, Oh, I love fall and I love pumpkin spice. And I was like, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't care about seasons other than football. Um, that is my favorite season. So, but yeah, man, I want to turn it over to you though. Uh, what are you going to hit us with today? I was going to start talking about some, uh, some controversial stuff that's been going on this last week since that, Justin Jefferson fumble into the end zone that became a touchback. Um, a lot of fans apparently online, I mean, it kind of blew up that they didn't realize that, that that's what the rule is. And uh, and and I played football for so many years. I mean, you've you've covered football, Matt. Jameson's played. Like, that's always just kind of been the rule, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it was just for people who play, it's just like, don't fumble the ball into the end zone. You know, like, it's just like a thing. Um which is, you know, that's the that's the total boomer way to say this is, well, if Justin Jefferson hadn't fumbled the ball, this would have never happened. True. Which, by the way, is exactly what he said in his in his uh, post interview, right? And then 
Cousins came up and said, if I had placed that ball perfectly, he would have never had to spin around and get tackled anyway. So all of those things come into play. However, the rule is quite interesting. Um, I kind of took a deep dive into it this week. I looked back into where this rule comes from, and I'm going to share it a little bit with you guys. So this is before 1933 when they did uh, many rule changes for the NFL. Um, It's a holdover. So back in that time, the forward pass was like barely a thing. And if you if you threw a pass and nobody touched it, it was called a turnover and the other team got the ball. Um, and then they changed that to where if to incomplete passes, loss of down, except in the end zone, they kept the end zone thing kind of sacred. Like if something happens in the end zone and you lose the ball there, it's automatically the other team's ball, right? That's just kind of the way it is. Um, so even, even after they changed it to where there was incomplete passes an incomplete pass in the end zone was still a turnover. Um, and then again, in 1933, they went ahead and changed all that to more or less the rules we have for fumbles now. Um, except for the holdover was if you fumble the ball into the end zone and it rolls out of bounds, it is the other team's ball at the 20 touchback. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, however, the one thing that nobody really complains about is if you're the offensive team and you're on your own one yard line and you fumble the ball out of your own end zone, that's a safety. Nobody's complaining about that. So I, for me, I felt like, well, this is kind of seems kind of like fair game, you know, right, Jameson. And, but at the same time, so many people are just freaking out about this. And, and what do you think of that? As somebody that's, that's played the game before, like, I mean, is is it something that really bothers you? Uh, not really. To me, this is just you know either fans of the Vikings or the semi casual fantasy fan, or even just like the semi casual fan who maybe because do- it doesn't happen all the time, but it happens enough. Um, yeah. it, it's one of those things where it just unless you've been in it for so long, it, it does sound kind of silly. But at the end of the day, like there are consequences. Uh, with kind of the the make or break of scoring a touchdown, and uh, sure, if you were to fumble it out of bounds a yard, you know, uh, closer, I guess would be the way um, to the line of scrimmage. It would just be you know out of bounds. But that extra yard of reaching over into the end zone past the pylon is what turns it over. It's just like I don't know. It, it it's always been part of the game, so it just feels cozy to me. I I kind of like seeing it. It also allows for just some crazy. Uh, television <laughs> at the end of the day too but yeah like like you said uh you know we're not complaining about safeties um and yeah whenever that happens nobody's like oh why why do you get tackled in the end zone blah blah, blah it should be a safety to me this is just like the antithesis of that it's you know there's a yin and a yang of these end zone rules and that's one of them safety is the other that's just kind of how it is and everybody who plays the game knows that this isn't a new thing uh, obviously you know hearing the history of it. It's not like it was something we were like, yeah, let's just do that. Uh, It's evolved over time. uh, And I doubt this is going to be a thing where now that rule is taken out because of an outburst here. It's like, everybody knows the rule. No one's complaining about the rule. It it's ultimately a fantasy, uh, like a casual fantasy football player rule that they want to have removed is what it feels like. So my question would be like, what would you even replace that with? Like what, what's the scenario? Because That's there has to be a question. Mm-hmm. Like, a what would you question. do? 
let me read you a a uh, change in the rules that was just like you know, I think 15 years ago or so is they actually changed the fumble rule where an offensive player can't advance the fumble right um, on certain downs, but they also have the rule um, in section three of the fumbles here on the NFL rule book. I'm actually got this up because I'm a nerd, but if a fumble that goes forward and out of bounds. So if you fumble the, if, if Jefferson had fumbled the ball at the three and the ball goes out of bounds at the one, the Vikings retain possession of it at the three. That's the rule right now. It, the rule, it just has a little caveat right here at the end that if it goes out of bounds in the opponent's end zone, it reverts possession. So people are just like, just take that last line out. That's all you need. If he fumbles it at the three and it goes out of the back of the end zone, just give them the ball at the three. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, mean I that, like, that would be the simple fix. I like it and I hate it at the same time. Like, okay, if you take the last line out, then they get the ball at basically like what the six inch yard line. Do you need, but would we have to put in a new rule where maybe we don't give it quite right there. So we move it back just a little bit, you know, cause the quarterback sneak with the ball literally almost touching the goal line is, and you don't have to just be Jalen hurts and the Eagles is basically automatic. Yeah. Basically not, not a completely, I understand teams have made defensive stands plenty of times, but like it's literally over 90% that it's going to happen. If you get three tries. So yeah. I don't I, I don't like that where we just put it there. So do we penalize them and put it back at the five? Or is this a you know two point conversion distance? Or is it the 10 yard line or the 20 or whatever it is? Like, would we do that? I do like that there's a discipline for screwing up possession as you're trying to score. I like that there's a severe consequence to that. Yeah. I, I, I really do. I, I don't have a problem with the rule personally. I get that people were really caught off by it because it doesn't happen a ton in today's NFL, but it does happen. Uh, we've actually seen it more commonly happen uh, where players drop the ball as they're walking into the end zone. That's happened <laughs> several times in college yeah. football the last few years, especially also mm-hmm. once in the NFL, I think last year, the year before. But um, yeah, I mean, this is something that happens here and there. And Justin Jefferson, honestly, I think it was as surprised as anybody he wasn't holding the ball when it crossed that uh, end zone line because he's a pretty great ball security guy. Yeah, but and and again, it's the boomer answer, right? It's it's the old school football guys all like just don't fumble the football, and that really kind of comes back to that. You're just like if if he doesn't fumble the football, that's a touchdown, like or he's out yep. at the two or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the caveat in the rule that people are really, I mean, and this isn't, I mean, Chris Sims was on this. Uh, I, I forget who else. Uh, couple other guy big name nbc radio guys were talking about it i like but if he fumbles that ball and it doesn't cross that pylon they just get it back at the one where he fumbled it from right right and so what's the difference between fumbling it six inches one side of the end zone and fumbling it six inches in the end of the end zone right like why is that a big deal like why do we have such a big penalty for that but at the same time i'm I think it adds to the fun of the game for me yeah. and cousins on his post game interview. I went back and watched it and he's all like, we're taught from like college on. You don't reach for that goal line unless it's like yeah. fourth down because of that reason. Right. He's all like, yep. we, we, we don't reach like that for the goal line unless the ball's going to get turned over either way. Um, 
And he's, he's like, we're all taught that. Like everyone in the league knows this, right? It's just something you don't do. And and then he had a big old smile on his face, and he's like, and we do it anyway. You you push for that extra yard. And he's like, and that's the competitive nature that we have. And there are risks yeah. and rewards, and this is what happens. Um, and because because honestly, if that's not a touchback, the Vikings might win that game. And as bad as sometimes we talk about the Vikings, they're like, man, I don't know if they're looking all that good. They were they were toe to toe with the Eagles without a running game. Like that's a legitimate. Yeah. When you yeah, basically Kirk Cousins. Yeah, because Kirk Cousins is so yeah. good at football. Mm-hmm. Man, number two that. in number two in the league right now in yards. Number one in touchdowns. Number one in touchdown to interception ratio, six to one. Yeah. Um. Kirk Cousins is playing out of his mind and he's literally gaining all the yards for his team. No knock on Justin Jefferson or TJ Hawkinson or playing fantastic Addison, or yeah. Addison either. Yeah. But I, I mean, Kirk's Kirk's passing game looks phenomenal. Um, and, and he's getting it done. Like they just, you're, you're not wrong. I mean, it was really close, but you do got to make some stops and that defense isn't helping him either. Um, just throwing that out there. Like they're still young. And and not not playing well. They they went and got rid of all those veterans. That defense is really young and just making silly mistakes. The silly mistakes, but I think they're playing. Oddly enough, I think they're playing better than they were last year. Like oh, as agree. a unit, like yeah. there, there's some cohesion there. And there, I mean, it took the Eagles a while to get going. And honestly, once you get a run game going, it's hard to stop anybody. So sure. But going back to. The fumble here, I think part of it is it, it is Justin Jefferson. Like you said before, it's the fi- it's the the fantasy football stuff. And and with it being such a big industry, like this could crazily enough, I think could push change. kind of a rule change at some point because people are like, My fantasy football, I spent five hundred dollars on this fantasy football team, and Justin Jefferson lost me the week because he fumbled into the end zone. It's a touchback, you know? Mm-hmm. Um so that kind of stuff, as much as we hate to think about it, money pushes all things, right? And so when people that are playing fantasy football that are that are pushing money boundaries and and all this stuff is sponsored or the NFL gets money from it for sponsors and it it gets it'll get talked about at some point. Um a lot of people are like, you know, nothing will actually change unless this happens in a big playoff game or in a big Super Bowl. Um and and I wouldn't care honestly at the end of the day if they just took that last line out and said you know the fumble goes back to where it was fumbled from i we live with that right now i mean it says here in the rules like if you fumble on a fourth down nobody on the offense can even advance the ball anyway the ball literally can't go any further than from where you fumbled it from Mm -hmm. in the last two minutes of a game an offensive player fumbles the ball nobody can advance the ball unless it's the person that fumbled it um so we kind of already kind of have some of these rules. Now a defensive player can always pick up the ball and run, but they've kind of they've kind of molded some of these rules from the college game back into the NFL, and they've kind of tweaked it over the years. And so another small rule change, like oh no, I guess it's not a touchback anymore. It, I don't. It happens so little; it's not a big deal. But being a big game, being Justin Jefferson of all people, like you said before, who just doesn't fumble all that much, and it just. Yeah, it feels bad, but I go back to then you have to do something about the safety on the other side. Right? Yeah, like like I said you have yeah, like, there's the balance, the the pro and the con either way, you know, as a defensive player as an offensive player, um there's risk involved in both goal lines 
And if you do change something to where there's no yep. benefit for the defense, if you like, let's say they do cause a fumble, like that also is something that the defense yep. can take advantage of that would be taken away and makes scoring the football easier uh, for, you know, obviously this is already an offensive uh, driven league over the past several years. That's not, uh, you know, that's not the question. Um, but Although if you take shout that out away, to the defenses so far this year. The, the defenses have done some work. Uh, that was basically all Monday night football was <laughs> bad offense and good defense. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, you take away uh, not only the risk for the offense, but potentially like the, the, the last stand big play for the defense. Um, you have to do something on the other side to balance that out uh, or else it doesn't necessarily feel like a, a fair exchange there. Um, does that mean safeties are now worth more points than two points if there's no risk of a you know offensive team fumbling into their own end zone and giving the ball back to the defense? I don't know what it looks yep. like. Um, but uh, again, like I'm not losing sleep if they do take that last little line out of the rule. I don't think it needs to do anything. I to me, this is just looking to solve a problem that doesn't really exist. Um, but you know, like you like you said, fantasy football is a big thing now. Um, football betting is a big thing now. It wouldn't surprise me if those kinds of things eventually trickle into the league and have some influence. Because uh, at the end of the day, it's an entertainment. It's a product. Um, they're they're going to change the rule if that's what's going to benefit their business. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, so and so, and so uh, many of us that love this game have to realize that that's the truth. Like yeah. this is all about. All, all the new rules for like over like you know throwing the ball over the middle and you can't hit those receivers anymore. All of that they can say player safety all they want. No, it's because scoring points moves the needle and gives the NFL more money. Yeah, and it, when your best players are hurt, nobody wants to go watch you play football, and yeah, your, exactly. your money starts suffering there too. So it's like, okay, well, you know, we have to begrudgingly make the game a little bit safer to score more points and make sure these guys don't get hurt because everybody wants to be them when they grow up. You know exactly, exactly. Um, you know what? You know what did tick me off this week, though, guys, is there was a play by a certain offensive lineman for the New England Patriots uh, that looked like a first down, and the cameras got involved, and some weird crud happened in New York, and uh, caused I. I mean, I'm not saying it caused the Patriots' loss, but it definitely uh, cemented. The uh, the Patriots Dolphins game in an unfortunate manner. I I thought he got the first down upon initial look, and I was super bummed. And that they decided to pull that. I I don't know if there was really like conclusive evidence from my vantage point. Yeah, and and we always have to remember that um, New York has way more footage than we're seeing on our from our angle. So Which New York blows. has yeah, New York has access to everybody's cameras all at the same time they have their own cameras they have nbc's cameras they have the local stations cameras that are there they have all of them up on their big screens and we're only seeing the nbc like the three or four nbc cameras right um which makes it hard and 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 i think they got to figure that product out at some point to be all like to actually come back and show to the us at home and them on the big screen at the stadium like here's the angle that made us decide this, right? Like they've got to come up with something um, to help fix that as well. Uh, it That would be it, pretty dope if they did that. And they showed you like a screenshot of the zoom or, or yeah. you gave us like a, a four or five second clip that explained it. I mean, I know our tech is definitely headed there where that can totally happen. 
And that would be great if we got to see the exact thing that they're making that judgment call on. Because we did not have that. I think it was CBS that was on that game was on this week. And they just didn't have the look. I mean, you can see the balls covered up and everything. Like, what are you seeing? Uh, And what weirdo angle is saying, yeah, forget that. That wasn't a first down. I mean, yeah, it was just really rough on that one. Uh, Definitely was rooting for the first down, even though I wanted the Patriots to lose. Just because an offensive lineman uh, randomly ending up with the ball and getting a first down is pretty dope. I I thought he had it, too. I thought he fell forward enough to get that. But, you know, it is what it is. And and like you said, I don't know if it really, really – messed with the outcome of the game so i mean we have that yeah it it is one of those potentially very exciting moments though that's like a once in a lifer for a lineman to like oh the ball lands in my lap i got four yards to get to save our drive and you're right there Ah, like as much as we love slow-mo and as much as we love replay and as valuable as they are uh to the integrity of the game um especially given the officiating in this league it does kind of suck to have it go the other way where it is so close and really like the gamesmanship element of it is like you want to just give it to him anyways. But technically, like there's some evidence that says that they didn't get it, but it's like you can't even really show us that. So that's another thing where even if it's the right call to overturn it, it sucks and it's not as fun. Um, but they also probably need to do a better job at making like giving us more visible evidence. Cause again, like there are a lot of people that watch football that are casual fans that are fantasy fans, whatever it might be. And when there isn't that specific view, like Matt was saying, like, show me this. Uh, sometimes it's hard to like put those two things together. Um, but man, it, <laughs> I thought he had it. I thought he had yeah. it at first. And, well, I, and, the, and even going further than that is casual fans are like, Oh, I don't understand what happened, but, then you have the hardcore fans, you know, the fans that are Patriots fans that are flat out going, he got that. And there's, you have to show me proof that he did, yeah. you know, and then if it's uh, and, not, and you just it's, don't get uh, that. And so now it's, you know, and the NFL, honestly, um, let, let's go over to Jimmy John, uh, sorry, Jerry Jones. Um, you know, there's no such thing as bad press, right? Mm-hmm. So a controversy for the NFL, everybody's talking about the NFL. I love it. They love it. They're yeah. fine. It's not a big deal. You know, it it gets to the point where games really start getting affected. Like, uh, like when we had those, uh, part-time refs a few years back. Right. And that was terrible. Kill me. Oh, it was so bad. And they're like, okay, we got to settle this with the refs. Right. Um, it it takes that level of bad refing for it to really be a thing. A few calls here and there. I mean, what was it? Week one, um, Purdy fell on that, his own, fumble and it was behind his back and they called it you know that he yeah. recovered it because he had both hands on it behind his back on the ground before the the yeah. Steelers were able to grab it um according to the rules technically that's that's real and we got that like zoomed in we saw him reach back with both hands grab the ball in his hands like this behind his back and he had full control of it there before anybody else came to him they're like no he's down right there full control behind doesn't matter if it's behind his back that's the footage we wanted to see with that Patriots yeah. <laughs> falling forward. Right. And maybe they had that and it just didn't get released, you know? So, because technically if it's not a CBS camera, CBS they can't, can't show it. it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Or, and they won't air it, you know, cause it's got somebody else's little symbol in the corner or something. Mm-hmm. 
is like this is the NFL, you know, camera. So I don't want to put the little <laughs> NFL network symbol next to my CBS network symbol and it's business. That's, business is business. That's that's so jacked up to think about, though, that we're not going to get to see it because there's a logo on it. But like, no, nah, you guys make a good point. I mean, it is the business of of what we're doing and, and the overall product. Yes, here and there it gets tainted by things like that. But truth is, like, it's just a tainting and it's literally like week one, week two plays. And we're not, you know, this is not the playoffs. It's not the Super Bowl. So I guess we kind of got a whatever some of those. But I thought that was a really good explanation of what happened with the Jefferson thing. And, you know, I know we're all a little bummed about Strange. Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> that was like, uh, was it last season when, uh, I think it was the Bengals, that offensive lineman caught that ball uh, and ran it into that little, like, side flip and scored. But he just, like, wasn't even an eligible, eligible receiver. receiver yes. And he just, like... Oh, maybe, it was yeah. the, maybe it was the Dolphins. Dolphins. I can't remember. Dolphins. Yeah, 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 that's what it yeah. was. And it's just like, oh man, can we just like give it to him? Come on. He he went uh, through all the effort. Yeah. Uh, you know that guy's tired after that. Yeah, yeah. He needs oxygen. He ran five yards. <laughs> but, but yeah, man. You're not wrong. I, I will wrong. say, uh, to your point real quick here, just kind of before we put a bow on all this stuff, uh, for officiating, like to, to have the problems with officiating that we're having this year in comparison to what it was like at the beginning of last year and most through the season last year, um, this is like no problems by comparison. Um, yeah. Still not great. You know, I think there are a few blatant missed calls as is always going to be. But I felt like last year the conversation was always like, man, the refs really just stunk up this one. Uh, and that hasn't really been the case this year. You know, it's only a couple weeks in, but um, that's usually where I would expect to see it. So hopefully. Fingers crossed we have a, a fairly consistent season. Yeah. Uh, that's a big ask, I know. But yeah. and, and, and yeah. the first the first controversy of the year was that uh, Lions Chiefs game with that tackle who was so afraid of Hutchins, uh, Aiden Hutchinson, like was lining up offsides oh, yeah. and nobody was calling it like oh, the yeah. entire game, right? Jumping Which apparently every snap jumping everybody to, does it. He was blah. so afraid of Aiden Hutchinson in that game. It was so bad and nobody called it. Um, but you've seen that adjustment just this last week. Uh, I think Kittle got called for it, um, illegal formation because he was yep. lined up too far back, and mm-hmm. and then they, they addressed it a little bit. And so you're like, okay, you know what? Let's do this. You know, I'd still prefer right. at least two or three full time professional referees on the field and have a couple side judges yep. that are just part time. But but we're kind of moving in the right direction. You know, they have like weekly meetings that they're addressing this stuff now, and and so. Hopefully, hopefully things are getting better. Yeah, but, yeah. You can't tell me this is a money issue. Just, just saying. Like, yeah, you no, can like pay you, the refs you whatever they want to pay. Yeah, yeah. You with can the pay NFL, it's money. never a money issue. Never. Billions and billions never. of dollars. Hey, uh, Mike, we're about to get into Pick'em. Do you want to stick around for the next segment and do this with one with us? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. All right. Well, let's get uh, let's get into some Pick'em. All right. Well, let's get into this. Uh, We've got several good matchups this week. Um, you know, it, it's it's always hard when you're picking these because, like, man, you're like, that game could be good. That could be a sneaky good game. Um, I'm The first one I'm going to throw out, this should be a good game. And I don't think any of us are going to disagree on this one. Bills Commanders at Washington. Ooh. Commanders have been a surprise team, just like we've mentioned earlier, just beat the Broncos. They're winning tight games. Uh, 
Bills, you know, have an underperforming week and then a normal Bills week. So they've been a little up and down here in the first two weeks. Uh, who do you like, Mike? Uh, Bills at Commanders. I like the scrappiness of those Commanders. Um, I like this Bills defense, though. And and Allen wins more games than he loses. I'm, I think I'm going to go with the Bills. Okay. Okay. Uh, Jameson, who are you taking? Uh, I'm going to go Bills, kind of for the same reason. Um, I, I do think that Washington has some like risky potential this season, um, but I don't, I, I, I don't think they're quite ready at this point in the season to beat a team like the Bills, even if they're as up and down as they've been um, over these past really several weeks, even going back to last season. So yeah, I'm going to take the Bills. You guys, I love Brian Robinson. I know I love, you do. I love what Sam Howell's doing. I think Eric Bieniemy is a weird human being, and he's way too intense. Um, and it is it is for those reasons, and because Riverboat Ron is rolling right now. I'm going to take Washington at home, and I think they're going to pull off the shocker. I think this team is not legit yet, but I think they're going to get a couple of these wins and at times they'll probably underperform because they're not deep, but right now they're healthy. The game plan's working. They have proven they can come back in games and, uh, you know, just want a tough one on the road. So I'm just taking them. I like it. I'm, I'm going Washington, moving to three and O shocking the bills. Uh, but the bills are going to be just fine. Yeah, I, I just, I just want to, I just want to caution you. They've, they've played the Cardinals and the Broncos. Man. <laughs> I, I was going to say the same thing. That, that's I understand. My, that's my hesitation. <laughs> with like, they have the sneaky potential, but I don't think uh, this is the time of year for them to get that statement win that I, that I think they can probably do. Um, Look, I, but I'm just I, saying, I don't hate the pick. I'm going to be rooting for them personally. I, I, oh, yeah. it's not oh, like yeah. I'm a bills guy. So like anytime the bills okay. can lose, I'm like, sure. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. And, and then being two and one, they're, they're so me. happy with that if they're two and one after the first. Oh, yeah. It's fine. I, I'll, I'll be alone on that one. It's cool. Hey, uh, we'll get grand picks, by the way, and update our records next. <laughs> sometimes you go zig, sometimes you go zang. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next one Falcons at the Lions. We had both these teams in our pick em this last week, but this is another good one. Mike, you're up. I I was disappointed on how the Fal- or the Lions kind of folded last week after such a good start in that game. Um, oh man, that Falcons run game is so good. It's just B. John Robinson, B. John Robinson, B. all game long, all day game long, just never stop. I Algier, man, Algier is also very good. I I'm going with the Lions though. I think. I think I'm going with the Lions tighten things up a little bit, coming back and getting a win yeah. after a disappointing Seattle loss. I agree. Uh, I, I'm also going to take the Lions here. I, I, you know, obviously I've talked a lot about the Falcons um, doing kind of the, the previews for that division this year. And I do think that they are frisky. Um, but at the end of the day, you have uh, a dominant, explosive, uh, potentially ground, but mostly air game in Detroit. And you have a dominant and explosive ground game in Atlanta. And both defenses are not good. 
And I think when you put those kinds of teams up against each other, just by design, that that air raid style offense is going to, I think, just outpace. It's, you know, threes versus twos in basketball. It's like you can play the twos really well. But at the end of the day, in this league, you got to hit threes. And I think the Lions hit threes. And I don't think Desmond Ritter's really um, capable of that right now. Uh, at his, like we, we saw it a little bit more last week, but uh, yep. I just don't think they can keep up with the Lions offense. Both of those defenses are not going to be good. I think CJ Gardner Johnson is out this week, at least uh, oh, as yeah. well uh, for the Lions. So uh, who knows? Maybe that opens up opportunities for the Falcons to try a pass game, but uh, that Algier and Bijan 1 2 has just been so good. I don't really anticipate them moving away from that, but I am really excited. This is probably my favorite early season, like rookie matchup, even though they won't play each other face to face. And it's Jameer Gibbs, Bijan Robinson. I just hey. want to see those guys go crazy. Uh, but yeah, I'm yeah. going Lions. I, you know, I think the Lions are just too good of a team to lose back to back home games. And uh, the Falcons have had a great start uh, getting, getting their two wins, but I, I think the Lions right now, just top to bottom, uh, have a better overall roster. And I also so want to I'm, give a shout out to Sam Laporta. Yeah, loved what I saw As, from him on Sunday. Uh, another dude. Iowa. That's a dude. Tight end, by the way. Yep, that's that's a dude. I yeah, I'm gonna go Lions here. Um, and but I think it's close, and I think they just get the emotional win at home. I'm I'm gonna take them. Um. Our next one is two teams that we've talked about uh, quite a bit already. Uh, and somebody's got to win this game. Chargers at the Vikings. <laughs> there we go. Mm. Oh, man. Yeah, Mike, you're going to start us what again, think, man. Mike? I know it's a you tough one. Want to throw me under the bus just like that right off the bat here. Um, yeah. Chargers at the Vikings. I am loving what Cousins is doing. Oh. And, and, I don't know if Cam Akers will actually play this week. I think he's got enough time to come in and, and get some some plays down. Um, yeah, Addison's looked so bad. Um, or I mean, so good. Dear boy, that Vikings defense is not great. The Chargers coaching is terrible. I, where, where is it at? Where is it at? It's at Minnesota. Let's go. Uh, let's Nothing go. Nothing matters with the Chargers. Chargers don't play any home games. We know this. Oh, that's, that's also true. Yes. <laughs> true. Let's, uh, let's true. go. Right, let's go with the Vikings. Let's go with the Vikings. I think. I think the Vikings have to win this game. Uh, I mean, so do the Chargers. But oh man, okay. this is tough. Uh, I'm also going to say the Vikings. I'm much more of a Chargers. Uh, I don't want to say fan, but I'd rather root for the Chargers. Uh, I, I think it's hard to root against Justin Herbert. Um, but you know, again, Eckler's a question mark this week. That defense has been really bad, especially the secondary in the Chargers. And you've got a great air raid right now. Uh, the best wide receiver in football. Addison obviously coming on as a rookie. And yeah, Kirk Cousins maybe like right now. Um, over the first two weeks, the best and most consistent quarterback, just week to week. Um, doing what he's doing, and I, you know. This is my hot take. This is my hot take, but I think the Chargers go 0-3, and, and there's a coin flip chance that we hear Brandon Staley is out. I think so. Yes! I think so. <laughs> I'm, if they're 0-3 with this roster, I think that's either we start hearing it 
uh, more, which we already have been hearing it, or like just legitimately happens, and then you just have Kellen Moore take over as your interim head coach for the rest of the season. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Well, I got, I got Mike and I actually had lunch together today, and that's that was a topic of conversation. We we would not be sad uh, or surprised if Staley's out. Yeah. The, the decision making process, as we highlighted earlier in this episode, not been great. Um, you know, Which we knew coming I, into gonna, the season, by the way. We knew he's a bad decision yeah. maker coming into the season. I'm going to go it on fourth and five from inside my own 40, but I'm not going to go for it on fourth and one on their 41. Yeah, he got, he got bullied. Like, at, at first, he came on and he was very pro analytics and was making all yeah. those decisions. And then sometimes they were failing. And then we'd do our Monday morning quarterbacking and be like, ah, it didn't work because it didn't work. Um, but he also kind of got bullied out of like doing it in the right places. And now he's like not sure when to do it, it seems. Um, yeah. So I think if they go 0-3, like if the Vikings go 0-3, I don't necessarily think that that's going to have any uh, like ramifications from coaching or, or anything like that. Um, I, I think they feel a little bit better uh, building around what they currently have. It's just your, your defense isn't what it was, and that's probably how they would lose the game. Um, but man, yeah, the Chargers are basically doing like, imagine the Rams when we went and did all of our stuff in the off season, the year we were really pushing for a Super Bowl, and then we came out and went 0-3. That's yeah. what it feels right. like with the Chargers. Uh, and if they go 0-3 with this roster, with who they're paying, uh, you have a, you know, depending on who you ask, a top five quarterback in football, um, and you just can't keep it together. You have an aging receiving core. So yeah, no one three for them feels like a disaster. Um, and yep. normally I would say the team that's fighting to avoid that disaster might win, but I honestly don't think that they will. That um, defensive line for the chargers could feast on cousins though. That's true. Could. They do have a very they, bad offensive line. Not a good offensive line. Good. I, I told Mike this today. I was looking through some, some numbers on the cap. I, the the Chargers are the only team in the NFL that has a $10 million player in every single unit. Obviously, with the exception of special teams, they have a $4 million kicker. Mm-hmm. But they have a $10 million player in every unit. You are without excuse with this roster. It's ridiculous. I know we said it in the preview. We're going to keep harping on it as long as they keep losing games. There's just no excuse. The roster doesn't suck. You do. And that's that's honestly what's happening here. That, I don't think it's a hot take to say this guy should be uh, possibly booted. And I know that's not what you're saying, but like it it should happen. You go zero and three with that roster, and you've had the opportunities, and you can't get your defense to make stops like literally ever. Fire, fire! Yeah. He, yeah. Somebody else has to motivate that defense. <laughs> but I'm. I'm also going to side with you guys here. I'm going to take the Vikings just because I don't like Brandon Staley. And he sucks. I just don't like that guy at all. So let's, they just, they need to move on at some point. And it'd be fine if they do it three weeks in the season. I think they'll be better for it. It's not a team that's going to win a Super Bowl this year. Uh, You noted earlier, man, that 0-2, there's only been 31 teams that ever made the playoffs with that. Um, I'd love to hear how many of them won a Super Bowl, but um, uh, I actually yeah. I think there's three. Three it is oh. it is the 2001 New England Patriots, 
It is oh, the yeah. 2007 the New York Giants when they were a wild card oh. that year when they beat the yep. Patriots. Yep. And then I can't remember what the other one was. That was that was when they ruined perfection. The Giants. Yep. Beautiful, beautiful um, day. Yeah, yeah, it was. Especially if you were sitting next to your best friend who is a, a lifelong Patriots fan. It was freaking awesome. <laughs> um, no, I, I did, but this team's not going to be the fourth one to do it. That's for sure. I would agree. Uh, yeah, for sure. Not with that guy coaching them. So um, I know we got to hit uh, two more games real quick. So let me get back to it here. Um, the, oh, sorry. One second. In case listeners not figured out, I'm driving. Um, if you haven't caught enough of that road noise, so it's a little sketchy what's going on right now. Uh, let's we're gonna hit the Titans at the Browns. Two one and one teams clearly very evenly matched. Mike, go ahead and start us off. Boy, both those quarterbacks are struggling. Um I'm I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Vrabel and the Titans, I think. Let's go with uh, a better running back is going to help win that game. Both defenses okay. are playing all right. I think I think I think I think I'll go with Titans. Jameson. Yeah, I mean, I hate to <laughs> pick everything that Mike's <laughs> also picking, but I, I I think especially after Chubb going down, um, sure Kareem Hunt will insert himself into a very familiar position there, but um, I. <sighs> I, I think they have the coaching advantage in Tennessee. Um, I think that obviously there there's talent disparities on both sides. Like I think that uh, that Cleveland defense is really really good. Really uh, good. The, f- the front for Tennessee's defense is fantastic. Um, and, and I just I don't think Deshaun Watson um, is going to have anything to say, even though Tannehill's not been having himself a season by any means. Um, so ultimately, um, especially with that Chubb injury, that's really what what tanks it here. I would have loved to see, um, you know, you got Chubb on one side and you got King Henry on the other side, and just see what happens. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna go Titans. I'm gonna go Titans here. One of these I need to zag. I need. I need <laughs> one, one of these. One I of need these to find one somewhere. Maybe, but maybe I'll one. zag for well, you. I don't know. There you go. There I'm. Go. I'm gonna take. I'm actually gonna take the zag on this one. Um, I think Tannehill's that bad and that's fair um, if, that's your, bad. If, that's, if that's your reason that's a fair reason and and that is my only reason i think derrick henry can borderline win you a game but Tannehill has proven that he can definitely lose you one and um i think that he's going to throw a couple interceptions that defensive front is going to eat uh while they while the offensive line of the titans does a great job in run blocking uh, especially the interior, uh, they don't have a left tackle that's going to hold Miles Garrett back, let alone a right tackle that's going to. And um, I just think I think that defensive line is going to eat. So I'm going to take the the Browns and a really close one, get us into our last game here. Um, now this one I went back and forth on if I was going to do this one or another one, but uh, I just am really curious if we think another team could go 0-3 that was supposed to possibly win its division. We're going to take the Rams at the Bengals. Ooh, I like this Ooh. one. Yep. I, oh, this is my tough. goodness. 
I don't even know if Jameson can pick his own team here. Like, no, I, I, am. I know we. I'm in. Yeah, all the ways in. I'm. 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 I'm gonna. I'll, I'll let Mike go Hold first. On, but... No, no, I... you already went, bro. Okay, you yeah. just went. Okay, well, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna pick Give the Rams. I'm gonna pick the Rams. Um, but uh, why? As much as <laughs> you know, I, I do think the Bengals will be able to turn around this season. Um. I do think they are going to be a team that starts 0-3. I think, unlike the Chargers, they'll be fine in the end. Um, but I think the Rams are just playing really hot right now. I I, I think seeing another week of Pukendakua doing what he's been doing is very clearly a, a thing. It's not just a, a flash in the pan, week one, feed the guy like you you go watch the tape. He's got a lot of room Don't say to his improve. name too fast, though. Don't Puka say his name too Nakua. fast. Pukendakua. Pukendakua. Um, Yes. Hey, you're getting that right, Matt. That's nice. Yeah, there you go. Hey. You're you're learning. You're learning. It's, <laughs> you probably he, it's probably because he gave you guys the business last week, even though we lost. Yeah, I um, freaking did. But I, he's, I, I told Mike that today, too. I, dear God, I don't yeah. want to see that guy for a while. Yeah, it's it, I, the Rams are just in a really good place right now. And I think Sean McVay yep. is absolutely dialed in. Uh, we have a pretty reliable run game right now, which has not been the case since Todd Gurley uh, and his degenerative knees. Uh, and call, I, yep. I, Stafford's dealing, and, and it's yeah. a team that he dealt against uh, in the Super Bowl not too long ago. And with Joe Burrow being, you know, Joe Burrow of this season, he hasn't really come to compete right now. And you know, the Rams' defense maybe it's overperforming. A lot of the roster is overperforming in general, but Aaron Donald's healthy. Um, I don't think Joe Burrow is 100 percent healthy either. Uh, you know, he obviously had that calf thing lingering uh, coming yeah. into the season. And and I don't think that bodes well when you're going up against a guy like Aaron Donald, who still has that gas in the tank. Um, and, you know, again, if anything, it's a very promising loss for us against the Niners. I think the Niners are leagues above where the Bengals are right now. And for the Rams to even be in that game and for the Rams to also play two back to back, really difficult weeks, all things considered playing our, our rivals. Uh, in the NFC West to come play a, a struggling Bengals team, it it could be like a hey, we're we're kind of on one right now. And whether that you know teeters off and then the Bengals pick it up in the second half of the season, who knows? I just think it's a bad time for both of these teams to be playing each other, or at least a bad time for the Bengals to be pulling the Rams when they're hot early. Um, and even without Cooper Cup, have been staying healthy. Um, so that's why I'm going to take the Rams, and also. I'm a Rams fan, so I'm always going to pick the Rams. Even though I'm, a lot, of, a lot of people will say you can't pick your own team in a in a pick 'em or in a bet or whatever. Um, I, I'm rolling with them. They proved me wrong. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna jump in and piggyback this one, and I'll let Mike clean it, clean it up here at the end. I, I'm gonna pick the Rams, but the re- reason is Joe Burrow's hurt. That he reaggravated that injury. He's not 100. percent clearly hasn't been playing a hundred percent and it's been disappointing to watch. Um, I think they're going to get a heartbreaker. This is going to be a close game. You said Matthew Stafford's dealing. I will say, and he is, I will say the defensive adjustments, the 49ers uh, made on Sunday in the second half might give a little insight as to how you're going to have to beat this uh, scheme, short passing, quick passing game. Um, that Stafford's running right now mm-hmm. with Bukunakua and Altwell and Atwell. Dang it. I see. I always screw up names. I screw up the easy one. Um, 
Just say Tutu. Like, yeah, he's the same name Tutu, twice in a row. That's true. Puka and Tutu. You have some you really go. interesting receivers. Uh, names. But like, I, I I do think that they may have shown that a little bit. You do the press, uh, you know, playing the press man-on-man, man-on-man, uh, man and then also uh, mixing in the run blitzes that Wilkes did uh, and scheming that up in the second half. A lot more pressure on... Uh, on Stafford, he threw nine incompletions in the second half, had to throw several away while being pressured. And uh, I think there was a little bit of a schematic, hey, this is how you can beat this if this is what the Rams are trying to hit you with. So I do think that keeps this game close. Um, you know, the fact that that was a little bit exposed, I think, and the fact that they're not at full strength without Cup. Um, but still think the Rams' offensive line is awesome. Still think Aaron Donald's playing football. And uh, I just think the Bengals suck right now. Like they're just not performing up to the capability of that roster. So I'm gonna take the Rams. I, I like where you guys are going here, and I'm I'm honestly <clears throat> I'm struggling with this one. Um, I, I just want to ask you real quick: um, Who do you guys think has more uh, receiving yards this year, Joe Mixon or Jamar Chase? Ah, uh, well, <laughs> the fact that you posed it, it's got to be Joe Mixon. It's Joe Mixon by five yards. He has 36 yards, and Jamar Chase only has 31 yards on the year. <laughs> um, is that why Jamar Chase is getting uh, traded in every fantasy football league out there right now? Everyone's trading him, and I'm like, you guys are stupid, because um, that's not going to last. I yeah. think uh, I think everything you guys have said is spot on. I think this Rams team is is just good right now. They're young. They're hungry. They're good. McVay's got this team playing at a high level for such young cat, young guys. And I don't think Cincinnati has the horses that San Francisco does to actually stop. That was going to be my, the, my the, point. This there too. offense is, is you can't, how, how many teams in the league can actually copy what the 49ers are doing? Not everybody has Fred Warner coming off that edge for those or, or Hufanga coming off that edge on those pass rushes. Like the teams don't have those guys or, or just the um, familiarity of the matchup. Like the Niners have with exactly Rams playing each other. Yeah. Year. yeah I mean, McVeigh and Shanahan know each other very well. Um, so I, I think I want to go with the Rams, but uh, I'm, I'm going to zag. I'm going to yeah. go Cincinnati Got at home. I think Jamar chase gets a touchdown. And let's say 100 yards right. comes out, and 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 if he does that, I think this is, yeah, I think this is a, this is a Cincinnati team that can, that can expose that Rams offense in a way that the 49ers couldn't. Um, that we don't have that Jamar Chase guy. We, I mean, we don't even have a T Higgins. Our guys are different, right? We're we're a run first, they're a pass first, and I, I think that's that's a team that can expose you guys. So I think yeah. I'll go. I think I'll go with the Bengals. I just, it's so hard to see them going on three. That's fair. All right. My, All right. Well, we're, yeah, I go do ahead. have one quick question. Again, this is total hypothetical at this point, but we know Joe Burrow, or at least we believe Joe Burrow, but I think for the most part, we know he's not 100%. If yeah, they, we, don't, we don't think he's. If the Bengals are 0 3, I'm actually curious to see who they might play after the Rams because if there's a chance where they're 0 3 and then they go into a tough matchup where they could be 0 4, if Joe Burrow isn't healthy, is there a point where they are like, hey, we're 0-3, we're staring down whoever it is, if it's maybe not a gimme game, or we are 0-4, we have a, a quarterback who's not healthy, 
We've seen another quarterback this year who was compromised because of that popped an Achilles on live TV on Monday Night Football and Aaron Rodgers. And we just paid you the most money of any player in the history of the sport. Do we need to shut you down for a couple weeks? And does that potentially tank the last season where you've got this core in Cincinnati? Like, I I would just be interested to see if that is a thing that can develop if they do lose to the Rams in our 0-3 and are kind of juggling the future of what they have there. It's just Titans at Tennessee, at Arizona, and then they host the Seahawks and then they go to the Niners and then it's the Bills. Like that's they, they have not a hard a end of the, stretch. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the first two games is like the only one in there. Yeah. But yeah, to your like, question, it, the, the next two games, it, the next two games after that, those are winnables. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, I know they're, they're away, but that's, I mean, Titans are a winnable game. No, no disrespect. Um, the Cardinals are a should win game. And, um, you know, if they can manage, if they can manage to keep this game close or more, jo- more so just manage to keep Joe upright, or I mean, uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, Joe, Joe Burrow upright. I started to say Mixon. Um, they can well, manage too. to keep him upright. And uh, yeah, that's fair. I, I think, I don't know. I see them winning this game. So, or, uh, or <clears throat> making this game close, sorry. And uh, the next two winning is a team that should be able to walk out of their first five, two and three, hopefully energized. Joe's just got to stay healthy and that's yeah. it. But I don't think, I don't think they set them down because I think those are winnables. If you, if you have to go to their backup, I mean, yeah, I now I, I, unless he can't literally can't go, I think they're keeping him in regardless. I just don't see a scenario where, that makes a lot of sense for a team that, as you just put it, is this loaded right now. T. Higgins is gone after this year, um, for sure. I, I don't know how they're going to make that work after they just paid Burrow. So, right. um, you know, and, and he's going to get more money elsewhere. He just is. He's going to have to take a hometown discount. I, he's yeah. not going to do it. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a fair question. But I, I definitely think he stays in as long as he's healthy. And uh, But we'll see. I mean, right now... He, he, he did. He did get in limited uh, so far, and uh, we'll see what happens with that as they they progress towards Sunday. We're gonna let Mike take off and finish up the episode here. We'll see you next week on Pros and Cons, Mike. Well, thank you guys for having me over. Yeah, man. Later. Have a good week. Go Niners. It'll <laughs> be. Uh, well, as we're wrapping up, I just want to touch on some fantasy stuff. Speaking of Joe Burrow. If you are wanting, and the Bengals, if you are wanting to make those trades I alluded to earlier, I've seen Jamar Chase popping off in all of the fantasy advice channels I am uh, subscribed to and watching. uh, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are the number one and two draft pieces. Uh, Number three is Damian Pierce right now. Uh, If you believe that uh, the Texans may have a little bit of revitalization, I, I think Damian Pierce is just too good to not get a thousand yards this year, like mm-hmm. personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they're going to figure that out. But if you can go and get any of those three cheap right now, it is trade time. People are giving up on players left and right. Uh, go get it done. Absolutely. Go get it done. Uh, there's other people that are underperforming that you can go look at, but those three right there, those are my top three trade targets. Do not for the love of God. I have watched the Steelers enough. 
do not fall victim to the fact that Najee Harris is a starting running back and go get him. Don't do it. Just I've got people no. actively trying to get rid of him in some of my leagues right now. <laughs> Just so, don't do which, it. You know, we talked last week. Is is this it for for Najee Harris? Is is he yes. on washed watch? Is he done? Is this? Is he? I I think so. Just watching him run the football just does not look good. Um, not no. a lot of things are going well for them to begin with offensively, but he just does not look good. He doesn't look like no, the guy bro. Saw and, his rookie and honestly, they were saying it on the. They were saying it on Monday night. Um, that wasn't the Orlovsky game. He had the other one, but um, oh, it, that was Buck and Aikman. My bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I was like, who had that game? Uh, Buck and Aikman were saying on the broadcast. When Warren touches the ball, it's yards. When Najee comes in, they're just clogging up the middle and he can't do jack squat because this dude does not have outside speed. Yeah, he looks like he's running in slow motion. Literally all the time. You And he does, he struggles to make decisions. I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know. It looks like he's playing to stay healthy. Like, that's mm-hmm. what it looks like to me when I watch him. He does not run like the world is on fire and uh, you know, he's trying to get out of it. So, but Warren is looking the part more and more and more for them. He actually had a larger snap share this week. Um, you know, even, even in just week two, he had a larger snap share. So just note that one, a uh, couple other quick ones. I uh, avoid Brees Hall as your flex right now. Uh, I have that as a note for myself. That game plan cannot be trusted. It needs to be said. That game plan was freaking horrible. I I don't understand what happened, but genuinely, like less than ten touches uh, for the running backs on that team was so stupid. Yeah, uh, we didn't have time to talk about the Jets today, but uh, probably Robert good for Sala, listeners, uh, to be honest. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> Robert Sala, you need you need to fire Nathaniel Hackett if he does that ever again because that was so bad. How do you expect to beat the freaking Cowboys and give your running backs less than 10 touches? Dude, you have to run the ball at them to make sure that their playmaking secondary can't just run all over the place wherever they want to. They're playing a a, a Patriots defense this week. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's not going to be. So, yeah. They're going to literally like that's going to be a defensive uh, defensive matchup with special teams all over the place. Mm -hmm. If. The Jets will just run the ball. I hope they learn the lesson this week. But I would pause on Brees Hall as your flex. I hope that he's not your starter. Um, you should have gotten him low enough to where you're not counting on that in in ten man leagues, especially and in most twelve man. But uh, pause on that for the moment. Let that and also because of the as Jameson just pointed out the defensive matchup. Hold on that. A uh, couple other things that you need to be doing. Ride the Mostert wave. Write it. Mm-hmm. He's going to get injured. So lean on it now. Um, and then I just had a couple little things. I, honestly, Kirk Cousins doesn't matter. He's playing the Chargers. Chargers have been giving up points to quarterbacks. So expect for that to continue. Also, if you got Herbert, play him against the Vikings, obviously. Watch the Eckler injury, but it, he is trending towards playing. Please Thank note God. that one. <laughs> I've got yep. him in a, uh, a couple of places I need him. So, yeah, guillotine league. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like Eckler's trending towards playing. Um, if you uh, if you are thinking about selling Mike Evans, don't 
do it. I uh, just want to throw that out for all you trade hungry psychos. Yeah. Do not sell that guy. This is contract year. And Mike Evans has showed the heck up. And, and uh, Baker so, Mayfield's been playing pretty solid too. Uh, you know, all things considered, just throwing that yeah. out there. Uh, Mike and, Evans and, did some work for me this week, so I'm definitely not putting him anywhere else other than in my wide receiver slot. And if you need a cheap stack, if you need a cheap stack and you've got a spot on your bench, Mayfield and Evans for the next few weeks is a real good looking stack. Uh, that that could be a nice double up on points. So consider mm-hmm. that one. I had a really good week this week. I'm, I'll, I'll move on from the recommendations, but I went three and zero on my Yahoo. Lost my NFL.com one, but that guy scored like out of his mind. I I think I had the third highest points, and he had the most. So it's like whatever. Sometimes you can't do a lot about that, and that's a twelve man league. Um, yeah, but no, I'm I'm at the top of the A league. Uh, did really well. I'm still the lead points guy in the guillotine that we're in. And then in my practice league, I am beating the living crud out of everybody. By the way, <laughs> traded for Joe Burrow in that league. I hope, I went and got to pay Joe dividends. Burrow. And, yeah, I actually, well, I traded away Damian Pierce because I'm so rich on running backs. I just traded him away as somebody who was needing another running back because he had Chubb. And I uh, was able to get Burrow and the 49ers defense. And I gave up. Uh, my backup quarterback in that league, uh, just Trevor Lawrence has been underperforming a little bit, but that's because I have Kirk Cousins in that league. So I will now have Kirk Cousins and Joe Burrow and uh, essentially trade Damian Pierce for the 49ers defense. And Pierce was honestly probably going to be living on my bench anyway yeah, uh, until bye week. So that was, that. that was I'll, fine. I'll give you, a, since we only got a couple minutes left here, I'll give you my quick 30 second rundown on my fantasy. Um, yeah. As you know, I'm in two guillotine leagues, ours and another actually in the guillotine app. And then I have the B League Yahoo team. And then I have my 12 man ESPN league. Um, I actually lost both of my head to head matchups this week. Um, one of them was kind of the same situation as you. Somebody put up like 150 points. And I was like, okay, well, that's just going to happen sometimes. Um, yeah. And B League was just kind of a, a rough week in general. The guillotine, our guillotine. I'm nervous about I got to make some some moves there, but I kind of got hosed with that uh, that auto draft giving me back to back running backs, one of them being Eckler. So I'm really needing him to play the other one auto drafted Jonathan Taylor. So I've basically been, been playing like one draft pick behind trying to like recuperate that wasted second round pick, yep. uh, which is very yeah. difficult. But that's kind of where I'm standing. Still feeling good. Uh, got Puka Nakua added into my guillotine league on the waiver this week. So uh feeling feeling solid but uh that's where we stand uh we've got a a few seconds left here anything we need to to say before we wrap this sucker up uh i think the i think the 49ers are going to set the points record uh for thursday night football uh genuinely tomorrow night i they they might score 45 points on the giants especially if saquon doesn't play and can't keep the 49ers, if the Giants can't keep the 49ers offense off the field. Just want to throw that in there. It's literally going to be a nightmare. So, Well, that's fair. Enjoy week three, guys. Uh, we're obviously going to be tuning in to the pickums. Uh, if you guys want to pick along with us, then we can kind of keep track, see where we're all at. Uh, Matt is out of here. Safe travels to Matt. Grant, we'll see you next week. Thanks for Mike coming through as always. And uh, this has been Sportsify. We'll catch you guys next time.